All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It arms You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I, don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Next season starts now, says a new Vancouver Canucks commercial. 
No, it does not, responds the NHL with a $50,000 fine. We'll get to this and so much more on today's episode of Canucks Conversation. My name is David Quadrelli, joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber, our technical producer, is Alex Allard. Canucks Conversation is brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs, so be sure to go check them out. They also have a retail location in Surrey, so be sure to check out our friends at Zephyr Epic. As I said, free shipping, Canada-wide, on any order, over $50. Chris, did you pull anything in that pack? Nope, but every uh, every player in this pack was in the playoffs, so... That's got to be nice. Okay, uh, Canucks have just announced that no, training camp, not yet. Three training camp will take place in Victoria. They just announced this, uh, Victoria, British Columbia. This is literally breaking news as we're recording the podcast. Chris, you and I, five day training camp take place from September twenty first to twenty fifth. You and I on the on the drive to Abbotsford, we had a couple of them. We kept talking about where are they doing training camp next year. They did Victoria in 2019, 2019-20 season uh, was in Victoria. Hmm. They followed that up the next year. Obviously, there was the bubble, all that sort of stuff. But they followed that up with Abbotsford. Abbotsford's inaugural season made a ton of sense. Then we were in Whistler. And we kind of threw it around like, is it going to be a Prince George? Like, where where is it going to be? Penticton? You got Young Stars right around then. Uh, of course, Young Stars is coming back at the Penticton uh, South Okanagan Event Center. Canucks announced their training camp. In Victoria, you got your vacation shirt on. How do you feel about that, Victoria, in late September? Hey, there's nothing but good folks there on the Vancouver Island. I tell you, Victoria was a blast. That was my first training camp. Uh, I attended that uh, for Canucks Army years and years ago now. So that's uh, that's exciting. I think uh, in the power rankings of where I would like training camp to be, Victoria is probably probably number two. Probably number two. I would have loved Penticton because it would have been really cool to just stay out there for your for young stars and then go right back to training camp. That would have been really cool. But uh, this is good. I like this. Uh, I think they did a good job last time. It's a nice city to have it. Uh, good little downtown area there. I think it'll be fun. I like this. Victoria's great. It's like my second best option behind Penticton. And the only reason I wanted Penticton is because I wanted to spend two weeks in Penticton and just uh, play a lot of golf. But uh, you can find a golf course around Victoria. And good. Monday through Friday, right? Or Thursday through Monday. Uh, September 21st to 25th. Our friends down there on the island, uh, excited to get back there. I haven't been to the island in so long. Uh, head down to the capital of BC, Victoria. Good stuff. I like it. Right off the top, we got some breaking news. Thanks to the Canucks for uh, releasing this at 1 o'clock. Appreciate that. I think they do it so they know Canucks Army is going to be a little late picking it up. But I got our news guy. Mike Gould is already on it. He's already on it, so... One nothing Canucks Army here. Okay, what you what you think of my cold open? I I, I started toying around with that. Yeah, I, I didn't thought like it. It was an appropriate day to throw it out there. Didn't you didn't like, like it. it. No, I didn't. Wow. Okay. I don't know. Uh, didn't uh, didn't right. have the I, energy that I was like. You have a lot of energy when you're in your routines, but uh, but yeah, nothing. You didn't. Ha- I didn't think there was enough energy off the top there. No energy. Wow. That no. I thought. I thought I was very energetic. I was really. I okay. Whatever. I I don't even know how I'm going to go on for another. 40 minutes on this show here, but whatever. Uh, we will be joined by David Reinbacher. Uh, chat is pretty dead right now, as a couple people have pointed out. Uh, Dakota McCaffrey asked, why is the chat dead? And Karan said, because we're all dead inside. 
Uh, and Dakota responded with truth. We've got three people in the chat right now. A lot more people watching, so your interaction is encouraged, folks. Uh, much appreciated. David Reinbacher will be joining uh, top right defense prospect, at least in our eyes, uh, for the 2023 NHL entry draft. As always, if you have questions for him and you're in the YouTube chat, go ahead, throw them in there. We might just ask them, uh, all that sort of stuff. Okay, Chris, uh, what do you want to talk about off the top? we got a few things to get to. Yeah, um, I think Ryan Backer is the best defenseman, right? He's going to be the first defenseman taken out this draft, I would have to say. Um, so excited to get a chat with him. I don't think he's done any in- English interviews as well. So um, we're also in for a surprise to see how good his English is. I've... Uh, from Austria, right? So we'll have to see. Uh, I spoke with, um, who was it last year? Marco Casper, who was uh, very good English out of Austria. So I'm hoping for the same uh, with David Reinbacher. But before we get going into anything, our uh, we did the draft lottery show earlier this week, and we'll touch on some draft stuff off the top. Uh, but wanted to say, happy Nurses Week to all the nurses out there. It's going on around uh, around guess Canada, or maybe the world, I guess, at this point. Uh, but uh, happy Nurses Week to all the nurses out there. The work that they do uh, is incredibly difficult. It's a tough job. They don't get paid enough. They don't get uh, enough respect. Uh, but nurses work an extremely difficult job, and we are very thankful for everything they do. I hope that they are treated like gods this week, and they should be treated like gods all year round for the work that they do. I could not imagine being a nurse and having to uh, work that type of job. It's extremely difficult. I literally would not be able to do it. Uh, no matter how hard I trained or learned or everything, I would never be able to be a nurse. Uh, and what they do on a daily basis is incredible. So thank you to all the nurses out there. I hope that uh, you get more than just pizza and cookies uh, this week. I hope you get some uh, some more respect. So that's what I'll say about that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, no... Uh... <laughs> No disagreement there. Do you have anything else uh, that you want to get to? Because I have a few things that I really, yep. really want to get off my chest here. I was hoping for a debate there. I was hoping you were going to push back. Uh, but uh, debate. I uh, today, you know what I did today? Uh, I cleaned out my microwave today. Don't. Are you drinking, Mister Noodles? Yeah, man. I'm at the. I'm at the bottom of the. The. Well, I was going to call it a bowl. Oh, I'm at no. the bottom of the cup. Oh no! So you, what do you do with it? I don't. Uh, after I cook the noodles, I get all of the water out of there, and then you mix in the the, the seasoning okay. after. What is that? Look, look, look! I did that when I was like ten. Okay, actually, to be quite honest with you, I still do it sometimes. But just drink the water. It's broth. It it's literally just flavored water. Like it's flavored like your noodle packet. Just just drink it. It, yeah. Drink the broth. You don't dump it out. Yeah, no, yeah. no surprise like, that you have it like, in the cups either. With all that uh, Nation Network money you got over there, of course you're not. You can't buy it in the bags like us, uh, us peasants. But you have to eat it hey, in the cups. Three dollars. These were fifty cents. Fifty cents at uh, at Walmart. I, Walmart's got some deals, man. I tell you what, I just started shopping at Walmart, and it's a very, very nice place to shop. Well, no, it's not, but good prices. <laughs> Andrew says, my partner won 25 gift card to Milestones for Nurses Week, LOL. Yeah, seen a lot of that. I, I, I wish it was 25 gift cards instead of a $25 gift card. Um, yeah, shout out to, to nurses again. But uh, no, I, the micro, did you make that in the microwave? No, I boil water in my big boy kettle and I dump, dump the water in. Okay. You know, you got your seasoning and then you put the water over Here's, that, close it for three minutes, boom, cooked. I think... Mr. Noodles on its own is basically inedible. Did you add anything to it? 
No, this the packet. What do you mean? Oh man, I don't know. I just just I make it way better. Uh, I'll make you I'll make you ramen one day. Those I I got the stuff in my place here. They got carbonara ra- uh, ramen noodles. Really good stuff. All right, you mentioned it. Let's not screw around too much. Uh, we'll get off the top. No Bedard, no problem. So, yeah, we, the last time we were here doing this show, we were live. We set a record, by the way, for everyone that was joining us here on the live. Appreciate that. I think 220 was our max uh, listenership uh, live on YouTube, so we appreciate that. And the video is blowing up as well. Lots of views on that. Um, our, another video, did you notice this? I know Alex is going to like this. Uh, we put out a, a video of David Reinbacker highlights. Uh, geez, about a couple months ago. Didn't pick up a lot of views. As soon as the Canucks landed at 11, it gained a few thousand views. So a lot of Canucks fans are looking forward uh, to seeing what this kid can do, and we're excited to chat with him in a little bit here. We'll do that in about five minutes' time. Uh, but no Bedard, no problem. We've had some time to calm ourselves down here uh, a little bit, specifically myself. You you, you maintained a pretty calm, cool, collective uh, self live on the show. I almost dropped a couple F-bombs and uh, lost my mind. But at least we can look now and say, hey, the Canucks are going to get a very good prospect at 11. Uh, let's get the rankings up. Steven Ellis, uh, our buddy there over at Daily Faceoff, he'll be on the show here pretty soon uh, to talk about this. He's got his rankings up. This is from uh, April, so last month. Uh, and there's some real good, interesting names, right? The Canucks are going to have some options here. And the thing I wanted to bring up about Steven's list was, look who he's got at number eight there, David Reinbacker. So it's going to be interesting to see if this guy is still available by the time the Canucks go up and pick at 11. But there's some other names. Like, I... Uh, I've been spending a lot of time watching Colby Barlow. Uh, just watched all of his U18 tape. This, this kid's impressive. Uh, there, there's some real like NHL-ready traits in his game already. There's a lot of things that need to be rounded out for sure, but Barlow's got a heck of a shot. Uh, it's you know All these kids in this draft, the more and more I watch, because I... For a long time, I was just watching defensemen, right? Because I was like, the Canucks need defensemen. I want to see who who's going to be there in the second round, third round, these type of players. But now that I'm looking at the forwards, they all have the same, like, you know... Connor Bedard style, like toe drag release. They just, that shot that kind of got started with Austin Matthews really doing at the NHL level consistently. That's the way all these prospects shoot the puck. And you can just see the way that Barlow shoots the puck. Really impressive. Uh, so he's another option for them. They're, he's a winger, which makes it a little bit more difficult. And I think that's the type of player that will be around at 11. That's probably, if you're talking best player available, like, listen, we, we know how this draft is probably going to go. It's going to be like Ryan is probably going to go in the top 10. Axel Sandin Pelican might go in the top 10. There's going to be defensemen and center flying off the boards. The best player available is going to end up being a winger for the Canucks at 11. I just don't know if they go that direction. I don't know if they should go that direction. Because obviously if they go that way, the teams in front of them didn't draft the best player available. They took a defenseman or took a center. The, the positions that you really need. I'm not in the camp of, of taking the best player available. If it's a winger, the Canucks can't go out and draft another winger. I'm sorry. I'm not in that camp. I know it's not. It's the way to, that everyone's been saying it for years. I, I think that's a, a thing that's going to change over the next few years here. And we've already seen it. Like, Mo Sider going so high in the draft, right? Like, these type of players, you've got to draft a little bit for position if you are in a spot where they're at a similar tier. If they're in the same tier... Get the position guy, because once that tier clears out, then you move on to the next group. Like, that's how it's going to go uh, in this draft. So I think there's going to be a very good winger available for the Canucks at 11. But I'm curious to see if they go with the center or defenseman at that point. What do you think if that winger is Matt Vamichkov, though? Like, how much does that change things? Because that's a guy, we've said it before, he's got superstar potential, right? How, how much does that change things? And look, I know the 2026 thing. You're adding a guy on an ELC until 2029 when you get him. And listen, everybody's acting like he's coming here when he's like 25. 
In 2026, Matt Vaymichkov is going to be 21 years old, okay? So I get you would like to have him developing in your system. I understand all that, and you'd like him here sooner. I get it. I I completely get it. But by 2026, you're hoping the Canucks are competitive. Now you go add this guy to your top six or your middle six? Like, you're laughing. You're laughing. you got a 21-year-old coming into your lineup. I just, I don't know how much more value the Canucks are going to be able to get from you know, whatever center uh, or defenseman is available. If you, if, if Mitchkov's there, I get he's a right winger. You've got to go bless best player available. You have to. That situation. Yes. But Karan brings up a really good point. If you were to do a redraft, there's a good chance that Sider would have been the best or second best player available by the draft. That's the other thing, right? Hey, if you had a, a crystal ball and you could see what all these players are going to do at the NHL level. Sure. Take the best player available at that point, but you don't have that. You're, you're scouting 18-year-old kids who you don't know how they're going to develop. So a lot of time is spent, and Diz has a good point, no way he passes through Washington. Exactly. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, I don't think Mitchkov gets past that. But that's, to me, like kind of in a similar way of in the top tier, like Bedard's in his own tier, right? But after that, like it's the Fantilli, Carlson, Mitchkov. Some people will put Will Smith there. Some people will put Oliver Moore in that conversation. Mitchkov's going to be the last one taken out of that group. That's that that tier, right? And it's because he's the winger. And because of the situation with Russia, obviously. But he's the last guy that's going to go in that tier because of being that position. I think it's going to be similar, and I have it kind of like that for the next up to like 13 is kind of the next tier. Uh, Between kind of like the 6 and 13 range feels like a similar tier. So because the Canucks didn't lose enough games to finish off the season, they're at the end of that tier, which means they may end up drafting a winger because that might be the best player available or the only best player availables that are in that tier are going to end up being wingers. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but no matter the case, it's, they're going to get a good player, right? They're going to get someone that's very exciting uh, for the prospect pool as long as they end up keeping that pick. So I, I'm good with that. Uh, the Samuel Hanzik kid as well. He's big. Uh, he's playing in the, in WHL right now with the Vancouver Giants. So I, I like a lot of what he's doing as well and the little bit of tape that I've seen on him. Uh, and I know we, we saw Matthew Wood a couple years ago in the BCHL, right? Weren't really <laughs> impressed that much. Uh, we watched him, what, twice? We saw him at the, the what's the Coquitlam Center of their quads? Beautiful Poirier Sport and Leisure Complex, yeah. home of the Coquitlam Express. We saw them dust Nanaimo a couple times. Go on. Well, they beat Nanaimo once. But, uh, I mean, we weren't that impressed uh, with him at that. You watch him in the NCAA, his tape, he looks like a different player. Uh, and the U18s, like I said, I've been watching that. He's looked uh, really good there. Big body kid. Curious if he ends up playing center. I don't think he's going to. He looks more like a winger. Uh, but getting some comparables to, like, Tage Thompson in the way that he, you know, plays with the puck on his stick. Doesn't really have the level of shooting right now that Tage Thompson obviously has. But, uh, you know, big body kid. That's the thing that I think the Canucks are going to end up getting here in the end. They're they're going to get a big body prospect. They're going to get a 6'2 to 6'4 type of player uh, that's going to really help this team and boost the franchise, like, a lot in the prospect pool because... They have nobody in the prospect pool that really sticks out as number one. Like I've I've had this argument a lot in, with myself in my own head, of like I, I don't I don't I'm not sold that Atu Ratu is the best prospect in the Canucks system, right? I don't think he like I, I I could see a world where he is, and I could probably get myself to argue for the fact that he is. But with Elias Pettersson there, Jonathan Lecare Mackey, they're all kind of in the same tier to me about who's the top prospect is. And then you Daniel Klimovich will probably get a couple votes here and there, but like. The Canucks are about to get their number one, uh, and I'm excited for it down there in Nashville. It's going to be a blast for all that, so uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. There's definitely some prospects. Is there one that kind of uh, pops off the page for you a little bit that's kind of not necessarily 
the one that's being talked about the most. I, I think Barlow's catching a lot. Rhinebacker's catching a lot. Uh, Moore is obviously an interesting one. Um, is there another prospect that you've kind of heard a little bit that you have some interest in for the Canucks at 11? That Dalibor guy seems pretty uh, pretty interesting. I know I butchered the pronunciation of his name. He does seem like an interesting prospect, though. I've like we can't pull the rankings back up, I guess, because we were wrapping up talking about it. But like, if I recall correctly, Stephen Ellis had him at round fifteen, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of different rankings, yeah, fifteen. A lot of different rankings have him in that top ten. So I'm really interested to see. Like, that's the thing, Chris. Is everybody you talk to has basically said, yeah, there's a very clear top five talent in this draft. But Mishkov might not end up in that top five. And someone brought up a good point. No way he passes Washington. We didn't think he was a pass Detroit either, but alas. Um, And then from there, it's kind of a crapshoot. Like everybody can basically dictate it on the day. So I'm really interested because look, like Matthew Wood, when we saw him, right? We saw him and he was being touted as, oh, this guy's going to be a lock for top five in the draft. Nobody's got him in the top five now. Yeah. He might still end up in the top 10. He might, but like we're looking at Stephen Ellis's right now, top 20, right? Um, and like he, he is at, at 20 in this ranking. So I'm really interested to see kind of where he drops. And look, the thing I want to say about Matthew Wood is when we saw him, what was he like 16? Right. He was 16 years old. Um, you could tell he was better than everybody on the ice. And the criticisms we had was like, didn't look like he had a great hockey IQ, uh, didn't back check much, and he was supposed to be playing center, uh, kind of needed to be fed the puck a little bit. Like you said, everything we've seen out of the NCAA suggests that he's not going to be that player that we saw uh, when he was 16 years old, which, of course, hot take, but uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of where he falls. That's the name I'm looking at. I don't think it's someone the Canucks should take at 11, but... Like, again, especially because you brought up the idea that he's probably going to end up being a winger instead of a center. So uh, we'll see where he falls on draft day. But it's a really interesting draft. Like, it's a it's super interesting draft because, I don't know, like, you you know a little better than I do. But it feels like there's no, um, there's, there's no sense of, okay, well, we know where everybody's going to go in this draft. Where most draft years, it feels like there's a lot more of a sense of, okay, this is your top 20. Yeah, and I mean, even you take it back to last year's draft, it's like, you know, we're all sitting there waiting for Shane Wright to get picked. Slavkowski comes through and just mad. And it's such a fun time, for us anyways. Maybe not for the prospects as much as it is. And we are joined by a prospect right now. Coming up in the upcoming draft, David Reinbacker joins us here live from Finland, I believe, getting all set for the World Championships. David, how excited are you for the World Championships? This must be a lot of fun for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Thanks, guys, for the mention. Absolutely. We're excited to get you on here. I want to talk a little bit. You've had a a lot of success uh, with Cloten in the Swiss League after what you did as a 16-year-old. What did you learn in that year when you were 16 that helped you this season? I would say just like playing with, I would say, no mistakes, just like playing, having fun, enjoying the season. It was it was an unreal season. I had so much fun, so much like great guys around me, mm-hmm. um, great stuff. So it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it really. You seem to be adding a little more hitting and physical play to your game. Is that something you enjoy doing, something you've recently kind of put a focus on? Not really. Uh, I try to like play hard when it's it's the right time, and then play smart when it's the time. It's like a, a mix, um, not to like focus on on the hard hard game. So I would say it was it was just when when the time was was there. I play hard when not I'm not. A lot of people are comparing you to Moritz Sider. Have you heard that? Do you like that? Uh, do you think you play a similar game to him? I uh, didn't hurt that, but uh, it's nice for sure to like be compared uh, to a big big guy like him. But I would say I'm not the guy who, who plays like him. Like he's play, he plays a little bit harder than me. Um, he's a little bit higher, stronger. So I would not say that I'm I'm the same playing guy like him. So it's nice to be compared to him, but uh, I would try to 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 show my own playing style who are some defensemen in the nhl that you do like to watch um for sure roman yosi uh, the swiss guy so yeah he's a two-way defenseman he can play offense but still defense so he's unbelievable so yeah he's my idol i would say i have to ask about the league that you played in because when i was watching your game tape Lots of forechecking against you. It's a fast league. For the people that don't watch the Swiss League, it's it's fast. It's back and forth. It's you got to move the puck quick. And you played a lot of minutes, had a lot of breakouts. I'm just curious, how do you think you played this year in this league? It was your second year playing in the league. How do you feel the whole season just kind of went for you kind of getting better as the year went on? Um, For sure, the league is... is much different to the other league. It's more like skating and uh, some skills. But um, I would say it went down pretty good. I started with like only a couple minutes and then went on from game to game, putting up some more minutes. And for sure, my teammates, they helped me. It was much easier to play with the first unit with the import guys. They're so experienced. So it was a way easier to play with them. Um, so it gave me a 
big confidence. I was pretty happy to play with those guys. And then it just keep growing the whole season. I had fun and the team had fun. We won some huge games. Uh, so it was a pretty special season. Do you know where you'll play next season? And like, is the AHL a league that you'd be open to playing in? For me, um, I would rather like to stay one more year uh, here in Switzerland. Um, I feel com- confident here. Um, I would say I'll, I will get the trust again to play such big minutes or more. So for me, it would be the right decision to stay one more year, but uh, it's not in my, I would say, not in my hands. So uh, for sure, uh, HL would be nice, but um, one more year in Switzerland also. So yeah, we will see what happens. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's probably a crazy time for you with like everything going on in the draft. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to go back a little bit to the World Juniors. What was that whole experience like for you? That must have been probably some of the most fun kind of hockey tournament you ever played in for sure every world juniors uh u18 or u20 they're so special because you play against the best from from your age so it's pretty special like i played against bedard he's he's unreal <laughs> so there's so many good players there always nice to play against those uh match up and see where you stand so it was a pretty pretty nice experience i enjoyed it a lot like not the way we wanted to end, uh, getting sent down, but that's hockey. Um, next year, I hope we will get back up. So, yeah, we will see what happens. And it, it feels like that's what's happening with Austria. You guys are, are building. Like it feels like Austria is really starting to get more hockey. Do you think that's something new? Is Austria buying into hockey more? Because I know your dad played, your brother played. Like feels like hockey must be a big deal in Austria. Yeah, not a big, big deal. Uh, it's coming more and more uh, from the years now. But uh, I think now it's good that uh, like couple players getting drafted and getting highly drafted that we can see like Austria can also produce some NHL players. Um, so it's always nice uh, that um, some Austrian kids are getting drafted as high as possible to show that Austria can also produce something. Yeah, I I wanted to ask a little bit about the Swiss League as well. You mentioned a lot of the teammates were really helping you throughout the season. They must be pretty happy when they see the young kid playing 20 minutes a night in the playoffs. Like, they're probably pretty proud of you for what you did this year. How cool was that just kind of with your teammates and everybody coming together for the playoffs? It was, I would say, it was the best year um, Mm. I had um, since I'm playing hockey. There were so many nice guys there we had a lot of fun um everyone supported everyone we knew we were the underdog in this league uh we gotta like stick together and play 100 percent every shift that something could happen so yeah the import guys and the older guys they helped me they they pushed me they they showed me every single like detail they saw so it was it was pretty pretty i would say fun and unreal season so they they helped me to to get the the stands where I'm now. That's awesome. I got to ask, do you uh do you follow any of the draft rankings, David, cuz you've been shooting up the draft rankings all season. Do you peep in at all or are people texting you or your friends like, "Hey, look, you're at this spot." Anything like that? Yeah, some some players uh they ask or like send me some pictures. <laughs> Especially here in the national team, they they talk about it, but like 
only for a couple minutes because it's only like I would say speculation. Um, you can see it in June where I will get picked. So we all don't know. Um, it's not in my hands. Uh, I can only like play and having fun. So for sure, it's nice to hear where you're standing, but it's only like I would say a number of speculation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey. I want to have some fun here as we close out this. Can I get you some speed round questions? People want to know a little bit of non-hockey stuff from you. So I'm going to throw some quick questions at you, and you just give me a quick answer about it. I'll start. Your favorite TV show? Favorite TV show? I, I really don't know favorite TV show. <laughs> I only look like Netflix. So Yeah, that's um, fair. On Netflix, I would say Family Guy or The Big Bang Theory. Right. Those two. The two good ones. Two good ones. Okay. I'll change it up then. Your favorite funny movie. Favorite funny movie? Um, I would say Kinskopfe. I don't know if the like the guys from America know this, this, this movie. It's like pretty special here. Oh. In, like I would say, European. Okay, I'm going to have to get it translated to English, and if it's that funny, I'm going to have to watch it, Dave. So, on your recommendation. <laughs> uh, we, we, we enjoy talking with um, prospects of the draft from around the world, because I always think this question's really interesting, because I've heard bananas and kiwis. What's a, what's a weird topping that you like on pizza? Weird topping? For me, it's ananas because it's Pizza Hawaii. It's like a no-go, so I'll say ananas. <laughs> hey, that was made in uh, – it was actually invented in Canada, the Hawaiian pizza. So there you go. We like that. Um, <laughs> your favorite superhero. Which superhero do you like the most? Favorite superhero? Spider-Man for sure. Bingo. I agree 100%. What kind of music do you like? What music are you into, Dave? Rap. Hey, good. Sure. Do you have a favorite guy right now? Who are you listening to right now? Yeah, Drake. Fair enough. Another Canadian. I think it's it's making a lot of sense here. Your, our Canadian listeners are going to like you. Uh, what about uh, any other sports? Uh, do you, did you play anything growing up? Do you like playing anything in the off season? Like, what other sports do you kind of like to follow or play? I started with golf. I uh, kind of like it because I think every second hockey player <laughs> is playing golf, so I started too. <laughs> so I kind of like it. I'm not the, the best in it, but it's getting better and better every practice, so... Yeah, we will see where I'm standing at the end of the summer. <laughs> well, that's good to hear because I've heard a lot of hockey players, some of them just start playing and they're really good. So I'm, I'm being honest here. I'm glad you didn't start out and were amazing at golf. You need to you need to work at it. So that's good <laughs> to hear. Well, hey, Dave, this has been a, a pleasure. We really enjoy you uh, taking some time here. I know it's it's almost midnight over there. You're in Finland right now, right, for the World Championships? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm in Finland right now. Wow, so I've, man, uh, thank you so much for taking the time today. We're excited to watch it. You guys get going in like two days here, right? So I'm sure you guys and the whole team there are very excited for it. So we wish you all the luck here for the World Championships, and and thanks for taking the time today, David. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the invention. Absolutely. There he is, David Reinbacker, right shot defenseman. Coming up in the uh, 2023 draft, will he be there when the Canucks select at 11? I hope so. Good kid. Good interview. That was good. And uh, did you get that? It was great. He likes golfing. He said ananas, which is, uh, I guess that's what uh, a lot of the world refers to pineapple as, right? Like, uh, I know in French, that's the only reason I knew what he was talking about. uh, Because pineapple in French is anana. So, there we go. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, someone could correct me in the chat, I'm sure they will. Um, 
if like I, I'm pretty sure that that's the word. It's like ananya in every language except for English. Like I'm pretty sure it's every single language. Like you know maybe there might be a couple other ones in there, but like I'm pretty sure like all of the major languages in the world like <laughs> it's that that's the word, and we huh. just say pineapple. Interesting. I'll tell you what, good kid. Really enjoyed that conversation. Um, I mean, it, it was kind of interesting to hear what he was talking about for next season, right? Sounded like the AHL was something that was at least of interest to him. Uh, I, I'm curious to see what an NHL team thinks. Do they want him to go back to the Swiss League? Because we don't really see that that often, right? After a player gets drafted, if they're not in the SHL or the KHL or even Liga, it seems like NHL organizations like to move them on to whether it be, you know, Mo Sider is a good example. He's playing the DEL. Ends up moving to the SHL after he was drafted. Has a really good year. Plays with Niels Huglander that year. And it seems like that step up in development's good. And you heard from him as he talked about his season. Started the year with like two and three minute games. What's he playing in the playoffs? Averaging over 20 minutes a night. Had some games like 24 minutes a night in the playoffs. Really saw a lot of growth this year. And I think that's what's being reflected in a lot of the rankings lately. Where, hey, if you looked at some of that at the start of the season, Rybacker wasn't a first round pick. Right, like in a lot of people's books, he was not in the top thirty-two. I, I remember saying it back in December when he was in nobody's top uh, top ten. We, we wrote the article at Canucks Army. I said it would be a good pick for him if the Canucks are selecting in the six to nine range. It would have been a nice pick to grab him there. But you see everything that his season has gone this year: more minutes, more time, more scoring, just more tape to, that you like when you're watching this player. I, I don't know. I, I think he is going to end up going in the top ten, unfortunately, for the Canucks and. Well, whoever gets him, I think is going to be pretty happy with the player because this is a deep draft, yes. There's a lot of forwards in this group, yes. But Ryan is really impressive. And for people that haven't watched that Swiss League enough, like I, I joked about it a while ago, but like that's why you know Jake Vertanen couldn't make it in that league because you have to forecheck really hard. You have to skate really hard. It is a fast league. And defensemen, I think, though you have a little bit of extra ice, when you have four checkers coming in on you with that much pace, that sets up to me a very good way to evaluate a defenseman, how they move the puck. Because if you're playing in, say, the SHL, it's like a very structured league, or even like the J20 league in Sweden. Like, it's very structured, and it's not the hardest forechecking. It's more of, we're in our position, you're coming into us, what play are you going to make? In the Swiss league, you're being forced to make a play. You're being forced to make a decision quickly, and that's what you're going to have at the NHL level. So, I like so like scouting players out of the Swiss League because I think it's a league that can really help you evaluate what a player is going to look like once he gets to pro. Obviously, it's a much lower level, but I see it as one of those leagues that I think is a really good indicator of how a player is going to end up looking when they're in the NHL if they progress the right way after they're drafted. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see where he falls because I was going to bring it up, but you already did. Now, you were clamoring for 6-9 to nine range, and for him to be there at 11, it seems like it's... Uh, Bit of a pipe dream as we talk about it. Go more, back, but we'll see. We'll see how he does at Worlds. Go back to that article. Whether it's the tweet on Canucks Army or the comment section, people are ripping me for thinking Ryan Backer is going to go in the six to nine range, and they think the Canucks can't draft for a position. This guy's not even a top fifteen pick. Go read the comments in there. People telling me how stupid I am. Well, guess what? Months later, I'm telling you how stupid you sound now. I always believed in you, buddy. Thanks, Quads. All right, let's get to uh, okay. the NHL playoffs here. I know that you wanted to start. Uh, it's Nurses Week. It's also a nurse suspension that we need to talk about right off the top here, right? Um, yeah, I know, right? Uh, all right, you you go into this because I, I put both the tweets up here from the NHL player safety, which it, it should be um, 
what are those? Uh, it's like a parody account. Like this needs to have one of those check marks on it because whatever this this Twitter account does, it's a joke, right? So the NHL player safety announced that Darnell Nurse has been automatically suspended for one game, and Coach Jay Woodcroft has been fined ten thousand dollars under Rule forty six dot twenty one, investigating in the final instigating in the final five minutes of regulation. That was ridiculous. He got punched what five, six, seven times before he even dropped the gloves. And Nurse, like, listen, the oily boys are going to like this because I'm backing up an oiler here. But, like, that was that's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous penalty. We don't know. Has it come out yet what Petrangelo is going to get? Because if they don't give Petrangelo a game for that slash on Leon Dreisaitl, that was malicious, right? Like, that was a I'm not trying to stop you from scoring a goal as I'm defending in the defensive zone. He slashed the hell out of that guy's arm. Leon Dreisaitl, too, the guy who's got, like, 13 goals and leading the playoffs in point. You can't slash that guy like that. That's ridiculous. I don't even want to say, regardless of who it is, it should be at least at least a game. Like, I, I think it should be two games, to be honest with you. I think it should be two, maybe even more. Like, that was a vicious, vicious slap, slash. The intent to injure there, not a hockey play. All that sort of stuff, all your cliches, all the things that they post in these explanation videos, checks all the boxes. Now, on the topic of the nurse thing, Chris, that final five-minute rule or whatever, okay, first of all, I don't think it should be a thing in the playoffs, like, unless it's egregious. And here's the thing is the NHL has the power to, you know, kind of overturn that, right? Like, like they don't have to give out that suspension, even though it's in the rule book. And, you know, all the people being like, well, rules are the rules. The NHL is allowed to apply it wherever they deem necessary. And to me, you just brought it up, got punched like five times first, not necessary, especially in the playoffs. Come on. Like you can't, you can't try like, I don't know. I Honestly, I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't even know what to say. This has been a bad week for the NHL. That's, that's the easiest way to put it. All of the optics with the NHL right now, you shouldn't routinely have people being very upset about what your league is doing and how your league operates. Mm. People are very upset that the Chicago Blackhawks got not, not punished at all for the Kyle Beach stuff. And sure, they, they get punished, okay? But I'm not going to get into all that. They, they don't lose any draft capital. And basically, the reward ends up being, yeah, you can you can have Connor Bedard. You can have Connor Bedard. Now, you you take that and you have fans in basically every fan base except for Chicago extremely upset. Extremely upset, right? And part of it, I will admit, part of it probably has to do somewhat with how successful the Hawks have been in the past, right? Like, like it, it might have something to do with that. But majority of it, has a lot more to do with the lack of punishment that you doled out to this organization. And now people have to see their logo. People have to see their team all over the highlight reels because they just got the generational talent that you just rewarded them with. I'm not saying the draft lottery is rigged. I'm not trying to get into all that. What I am saying is the optics are dog water, Chris. They are horrible for the NHL. With this, and now you have all this stuff from last night where Petrangelo goes and slashes uh, slashes, uh, slashes Dreisaitl, and we don't even know um, what's going to happen. Petrangelo slashes Dreisaitl, I meant. Um, we don't even know what's going to happen yet, but everybody's just bracing for, he's been fined $5,000, the maximum allowable amount under the CBA. People are bracing for that. I think it should be at least two games. Look, we're no Oilers fans, but come on. Like, 
do something right because what they did with the nurse thing if you want to push this hard-nosed game and look look at there's hitting in our game there's fighting in our game all that if you want to push that figure it out figure out where your line is because what happened last night was an absolute joke on all accounts and what happened today i should say was the joke because last night's event a lot of people watching that game you know Everybody has a moral compass and everybody watches that game and kind of decides, okay, this is what I think should happen. And I think there's about three people and they all just so happen to work at the NHL, three people that agree with what the NHL has decided to do here. Yeah, I think imagine this situation if that's a broken wrist, right? What did you, you just took away the, the guy who's scoring at the most ridiculous rate we've ever seen in the NHL playoffs? That guy can't get slashed like that and expect the the player who did the slashing to come back, even if they are a star player in their own right. And I think you can argue that Petrangelo isn't that really anymore, but I mean, still solid player. Don't get me wrong. But like the the guy is late in the game, the game's out of reach, and you have an egregious slash like that. I thought it was ridiculous. And that type of thing, even if it goes for like a one-game suspension, you think other players are now going to be like, well, hey, like, I don't have a huge problem slashing the hell out of Connor McDavid if I'm only going to get one game. Like, you know, like, that's a dangerous, slippery slope that this playoffs can go down. And you mentioned, like, the physicality. I really think it's very different. Like, I, I get that, listen, getting punched in the face during a, a play or whatever after the whistle, that's not a hockey play. I understand that. That's not a hockey play. But that's a part of hockey that I think is understood by all the players that that could happen. A slash like that, two-handed down on the forearm of the wrist, players understand that that could happen, but it's not something that they're happy with. Like, they're not something that they're just fine with it being part of the game because that's what I'm saying. That's not part of the game. You know, face-washing guys and throwing punches after the whistle in playoffs. Listen, that's part of the game. What we saw last night is not part of the game. It needs to be addressed, and I think, really, you could use this to kind of set a precedent for the future now. With yeah, we get it. It's playoff hockey. You got to play hard. That that was a that was a disgusting play, and it's not like some of the like, listen. We see a lot of dirtier plays. We see a lot of guys get crushed in the back. I've seen you know guys come off on stretchers in the past couple of years from the NHL game, so it's a little different. But I think this is the type of situation where because it's a star, because of the game was out of reach, just the situation you have, you can really set a standard here for how officiating can kind of be looked at in the playoffs and make it something that is now kind of the standard moving forward. Like you have an opportunity here to kind of make this a win for hockey. And I don't think it's not like, I'm not saying this is going to change the game and change everything, but I think you have an opportunity here to at least push the needle in the right direction. I just, I have no confidence that the NHL is going to do that. I don't think they're going to use this at all as something that helps the game. I think they're going to use, I think what they do and I don't know what's going to happen yet. I don't know if there's going to be a long suspension or whatever it may be. But I think what they're going to do is going to end up being laughed at. And it's going to be something that's going to be another stain on the NHL for what they do. It's, it's probably going to end up being one game. And you're saying, okay, that guy, what he did is the exact same as Darnell Nurse being punched five, six, seven times and then dropping his own gloves and fighting. How is that the same? There's, there's nothing similar in those two things at all. One is, listen, two guys that were willing to fight, they fought. Yeah, I get it was in the last five minutes. The other guy got two-armed slash on the best player in the league right now in the NHL playoffs. They're going to they're gonna fumble this. I know they're, the NHL is going to fumble this. And how sad is it 
that that's what we're preparing for, right? And it's not just us. That's the standard that's been us. set in the pro- – that's what they've set for us to agree that the standard is. Like, that's what we expect now from, from the NHL, right? Like, do we both expect they're going to fumble this? I 100% do. Yeah. I, I, I think we've said everything that we can say. Like yep. – I'd like to pull up our predictions again because the second round, I, I say the oh, second round hasn't so. been that great, to be honest with you. Like, the second round kind of sucks, and not just because our predictions suck. I don't know if you can pull those up, Alex. It might be kind of an old thing. No, so no, no we don't we need it, but we do soon. have the, uh, let's just pull up, we do have the playoff bracket right now, if you want to talk your way through a couple other series here. But yeah, let's uh, let's get the bracket up. You can talk about this. Well, I don't think the Maple Leafs are pulling off a reverse sweep. I can tell you that. And right now, uh, they are down 3-1 to one in their series against the Florida Panthers, heading back home for Game 5. So backs against the wall. Uh, hasn't been done often, but they're going to be trying to pull off the reverse sweep. Tied the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, same with Seattle and Dallas as well. Uh, Carolina and New Jersey. 3-1 Carolina. And it feels like when Carolina's won that series, it has been handedly. So I will say... So we get a look at the predictions there in the bottom left. I will say that Alex is probably going to be the one that gets most of them right since the rest of us all, like, you know, we all picked Leafs. We all picked Kraken. Uh, well, I, I picked Oilers, and but so did Alex. So if he gets that, Alex is going to be hitting the best out of all of us uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, Alex and I both said Oilers in six. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it might. It still has a chance of happening. Uh, favor. How are you feeling about your Vegas and seven prediction right now? Uh, whatever. Uh, the, the Oilers, I don't know. The, the <laughs> Oilers are just hot and cold, man. Like, you watch them last night, and there's, like, you know, t- the way they started that game yesterday. I'm watching, and I'm just thinking, damn. Like, no one's going to be able to beat this team. Like, no one's going to be able to beat this team, right? Like, they, they play like that, but it seems like they only do that every three games. Uh, or they've had a couple stretches this year where they did it in the first round, but like if they can do that every game, they're going to win the cup. Like that's when that team's clicking, nobody's even close to them. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how they get to that point. Uh, but yeah, you know this the series, the West obviously uh, both tied at two. Florida is winning three one against the uh, Leafs. That's been a lot of fun. And hey, yeah, it was very against what we all picked. Uh, it's been a surprise, I think, for everyone. But Florida's playing really good hockey. Listen, they were a strong team last year. They made some changes. Did they get better? Yeah, they they won that trade in the offseason. Obviously, looking at what Kachuk's been able to do uh, throughout these playoffs here, they've been a really good team to watch. And, and yeah, Carolina surprised me a little bit, uh, but Alex is looking pretty good with his. We'll have to check in once this series is over. Um, so, yeah, another good uh, couple games, uh, another game tonight anyways, and then we'll have the Canadian teams uh, fighting, I guess, on Friday night. So uh, we'll get to some odds and eds now. We do have some Canucks stuff to get to as we wrap up the show here. All right, we'll start. Uh, let's get down to the OHL. Connor Lockhart, he's off to the OHL finals. They will be playing against the London Knights. His Peets, they ended up beating Josh Bloom's battalion in Game 7. It was a great Game 7 as well. Uh, and by the way, we'll have Josh Bloom on the show here pretty soon, get to, to know a little bit more about him. Uh, I'm excited for that. And uh, we should have a loan announcement for Jonathan LeCaramacchi. I'm guessing in the next 24 hours. I think uh, tomorrow morning when I wake up, there will be an announcement from an SHL team that LeCaramacchi is loaned. Uh, I don't know which team it's going to be yet, and it might end up coming. Yeah, tomorrow's Friday. I expect it to be Friday, actually. Yeah, I think that's when we'll hear from it. If not, maybe we have to wait till Monday. But in the next four days, we'll know where LeCaramacchi's playing. Uh, Lex stands, Fargestad, Orobro, or Skelefta. 
Uh, they are all the teams that I've heard in the mix. I like the idea of it being Fargestad or Orobro because there is another Canucks prospect there. Uh, makes my job easier. Makes Mikhail Samuelson's job easier to go out and watch these guys and work with these players. Um, so it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, I hope that that comes to fruition with one of those two teams. And I heard Orobro's the last name I heard uh, lately here. So it's going to be interesting to see. And some uh, some big-time reporters from Sweden saying that Orobro is the spot. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but Fargestad just landed uh, Liam Ogren, who's from the same draft class. And he's childhood friends with Lekari Mackey. Played all together through Jurgardens. Uh, they just announced it. So I feel like Fargestad might be out. Because I feel like they would have liked to announce Lekari Mackey and Ogren coming together. So I don't know if Fargestad is going to be in the mix as much. Uh, it might be Orobro, Lexans, and Skelefta remaining. Orobro. I like Orobro. Elias Pedersen. So we'll see. We'll see if they uh, team. It'd be nice for you, eh? Just watch two prospects with one stone. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like it. I mean, that's what I, I got a good a uh, good opportunity. That's why I liked uh, Leo Carlson so much earlier in the year because I was watching Elise Pedersen play uh, for Orobro anyways, and got a chance to see him. So maybe he's on a line with Leo Carlson next year uh, as well. That would be fun for Lecarry Mackey. So that's interesting. Did uh, Did you see the Canucks new commercial? Can we close out with this? Did you see it? <laughs> I did, Chris. I did see it, and. What do you want to say about it? Um, it's pretty funny. Uh, the Canucks put out a new commercial. I want to make sure. Um, I want to get this up here because it was. Uh, it was. It's very interesting to me, and the biggest takeaway I probably have is like the things that they put behind the players in the background as they did some exciting stuff. It was like structure habits. Uh, what else is it? Yeah, structure, habits, and standard. That's what they're trying to sell to fans. <laughs> like, I don't know. A, a commercial, like, think about think about the idea of a commercial. Like, to get you excited about the product, right? Or get you aware of the product. Say you're, like, not a huge Canucks fan, and you're like, or not even a huge hockey fan, and you're like, oh, maybe I should go to a Canucks game next year. Oh, here's a commercial. What are they all about? Standard. And structure. And if you don't know hockey, you're like, I don't care. I don't care about any of that stuff. Like, you know, I've, the Canucks, I think, do a really good job of an in-arena production. I think they do a really good job of it. I, I really do. I think they're one of the better teams in the league of, like, fun things at the whistle or, you know, the way that everything kind of operates at the Rogers Arena. Finn's great in the crowd. Um, Reneal does an incredible job as the kind of in-arena host. Like, Plug some of that, I guess. Like, I, I just, uh, I, I feel like this commercial is, who is this made for? Who is this made for to get excited? Like, I have no idea. Also, wins or losses don't matter is something that was said <laughs> in that commercial. So, look, look, here's the thing. We've talked about it before. How do you sell season tickets? It's not saying, look, we have the number three overall pick or whatever. Look at this prospect we're about to add. It is those, look, we, we won games down the stretch. Look at our new additions. We're really excited about what the team's going to look like next year. They tried, like, they did try to get that message across. The problem that I think that I had with it, and look, I don't actually have a problem with it. I, I couldn't care less. But if you're asking for my opinion on it, I think the issue with the commercial, Chris, is just that, like you said, we're not really sure who it's for because a lot of casual fans aren't going to know who Beauvillier is or, or someone with, you know, look, I, I took heat for this in the past. Like people say, Oh, season ticket holders are not casual fans. I know a lot of season ticket holders that to be quite honest with you, they're fine. They give money to the team. They just want to see wins. 
They don't care about the prospects. They don't care about the AHL team. They don't want to. They don't want to hear about it. They've they've got other stuff going on. They're too busy. They don't care. They want to go enjoy a hockey game, and they want to enjoy a lot of them. They want to see a winning team. Okay, that's what a, that's what a lot of season ticket holders want. So this idea that season ticket holders are sitting there reading Blackfish every week and say, "Oh wow, I can't wait for this guy in three years or whatever," it, it's not usually happening. Okay, and I'm not trying to lump paint them all with one brush, but you 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 have to sell to this demographic of people who just want to go watch a hockey game. And ideally they want to see a team that wins games, right? You have to sell that idea to them. And I don't think the idea of, look, we play with structure. We are going to play harder. We have standards. I don't know if that's going to sell. <laughs> yeah. We have standard now. I, I don't know if that's going to sell. I honestly don't because like, let's be honest, Chris, like the whole standard thing, you got that. You, you, Fans were fed that when Jim Benning was fired, when, you know, Stan Smeal and you know, look, all the power to Stan, all the respect in the world for Stan Smeal for what he did and what he said when he was interim GM for those four days, four games, I think it was actually, but regardless, you had all that, like you had Rutherford come in and say, oh, things are going to be different. Things are going to be different. Things are the same. Like things are the same. And that's fans don't want to hear it anymore. Fans want to actually see it. So look, I think what I'm saying here is that it's really hard for the Canucks to make a commercial promoting the season ticket holders uh, right now, right? To, to sell season tickets, it's really hard for them to do that. And look, they had the slogan, like I said off the top, next season starts now. And the NHL said, no, it doesn't, and gave them a $50,000 fine for holding illegal practices. But I digress. How weird is it, too, that the video starts with, it's like, Brock Besser to Anthony Bavillier. It's like, are they trying to tell us that, like, you know, it's okay to have uh, a lot of wingers on your team making four-plus million dollars. It's not a bad thing. We got them right here in the start of the commercial. And the other funny thing I got to bring up with this is, like, uh, and Jason Bruff tweeted this out. I'll pull it up on the screen here. Habits. And it's Andre Kuzmenko. It's like, after they talk about structure and standards and, like, def- you know, the, oh, the, the defense is all improved now. <laughs> then it's, like, Andre Kuzmenko. Who's like habits aren't very great in the defensive zone? I would have to say. Uh, listen, got a habit of scoring a lot of goals. That's cool, but uh, I don't know. I just it was like maybe in the end. I always like it's weird with Canuck stuff that comes out because in the end I'm like, is this so bad that they know what they're doing and they're getting attention from it? Like if that's been their plan all along, <laughs> they, they do a really good job of that. So I just yeah the vid- the commercial was great. It's on TV now apparently too. Like it's it's running. It's live. It's on television. So everybody's gonna see it. Um, it just was a very interesting one. And you mentioned it like to have JT Miller's quote of like wins and losses don't matter. That's crazy. Um, that is crazy. That's I, I can't imagine it. But uh, that's the world we live in. Um, some off season news from the Vancouver Canucks, but they put out a commercial that is wild. Yeah. Did you see Macklin Celebrini on Securus and Price, friends of the show? Uh, Macklin Celebrini said that he uh, it would be a dream to play against the Canucks, or play for the Canucks. Yep. 2024 first overall pick, folks. The yeah, next, man. Next guy we talk about, he, now that Connor Bedard's in Chicago. So I've watched I watched him a lot at the at the U18s. He is nuts. He is very, very good. He's probably the best player on camp. Well, he was. I think he got the award for it. He... He's got a really nice shot. That one-timer from the right half wall is electric, and the way he handles the puck, like, he's... Uh, and he knows it, too. He plays He plays with a lot of confidence, is the nicest way to say it. Plays with a lot of confidence in himself. 
uh, which is, I think, a good thing. Um, so, like it. Celebrini, uh, yeah, another good local kid. And uh, we're, we're going to continue. I, I, I hope people enjoy the David Reinbacker conversation. Um, listen, you never know what you're going to get with these players out of uh, out of Europe, right? How the English is going to – I remember talking to Niels Huglander um, for 20 minutes a couple of years ago and weren't the best interviews. I thought David was great. Uh, and we're going to do a lot more of those moving forward into the future here. Just uh, have a guy who's you know a prospect for the draft coming up. We already have some big ones uh, lined up for later in this month. So I'm excited for that. Um, excited for the show. We'll have another schedule. You can find the update on the uh, on the Canucks Convo Twitter account for what we're going to end up doing for next week. We'll try and get that out kind of like on a Sunday night, Monday morning type of thing, just so you know when to come by uh, and watch us live on YouTube. Other than that, all the shows will still be put up on the podcast. Uh, I know we pick up a lot of listeners throughout the offseason in the podcast realm, uh, so we're excited to do another year of that. Lots of draft stuff. Uh, I know we're going to talk to some prospect guys as well, um, so that's kind of the summer plans uh, for that. So excited. I'm uh, heading out for dinner tonight. Excited to uh, go out to a patio tonight for dinner. So I'm, I'm going to have a good night tonight, a good relaxing night. Uh, after I spent a lot of time last night watching Colby Barlow, who uh, we'll talk about more on the show as the time goes on. Lots of draft stuff throughout the offseason. But, uh, yeah, some inter- some fun interviews coming up. I'll say that for sure. Some, some very fun interviews uh, coming up for this show uh, later on in the month. Very big interviews. I'll say that. All right. We'll close it out there. I'll give everybody a Burt Cam. I know everybody wants to see it. Burt's doing really well, by the way, for the yeah. people wondering. Uh, four months, just just turned four months old, and he is a bit of a dream, I must be honest with you. He's pretty easy as a puppy, for sure. Uh, he hears me saying nice things about him. So we'll close it out there. For my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Alex Lard, and of course, I should have mentioned him off the top, intern Emil, behind the scenes, clipping everything, doing that clipping. Uh, our thanks again to David Reinbacher and our friends over at Zephyr Epic for sponsoring that interview. David Reinbacher joining the show. Uh, Much appreciated to David and to everybody who listened to this episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for watching, folks. We'll close it out there. Oh, beautiful day. Get outside, folks. Get outside. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.